Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks, where we talk to people who broke free of the corporate world shackles to start their own business. I'm your host, Neil Thompson, official corporate shackle breaker. You can find this podcast on my website, neilthompsonspeaks.com. You can also find it on iTunes or Stitcher. Please subscribe and share. We have a treat today. My guest is an author. She's a speaker. She's an entrepreneur. Mary Shores is a whole lot of things. Her recent book, Conscious Communications, has been met with rave reviews. Mary's business has garnered over $40 million in sales to date, and her success is still growing. She's obviously a, a woman on the move. I look forward to finding out more about her business beginnings, her journey to entrepreneurship, and the motivation for writing her book. Let's bring her in now. Hello, Mary. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks. Hey, Neil. Thanks for that amazing introduction. I'm so excited to be here today. Well, I'm excited to have you here. First question. What was the last employee job you had, and how long ago was that? The last em- these are great questions. The last employee job I had was probably in around ninety seven, ninety eight, and I was a telemarketer. Oh, for God's sake! Are you serious? I did that for one day, and I said never <laughs> again. Well, you know, I got you. I did it for three years, and I was the best telemarketer at the company. Wow, that's crazy. I just I couldn't get used to all of that hanging up. I can totally understand. <laughs> okay, so what? So that was a long time ago, ninety seven, ninety eight. That's that's over. That's twenty years ago now. What motivated you to become self employed? Well, I always knew that I was destined to be a businesswoman because when I was a child. When all the other little girls would play house, I would play bank. And I had a bank in my garage, and I had all kinds of fake money, and all the other neighborhood kids had accounts at my bank, and they would have to come through the bank drive through in my garage on their bicycles and big wheels. So I guess I would say that it was inside me all along. Oh, wow, played play with money. I remember when I was a child, I had, you know, remember the game Monopoly? Oh, of course. Yeah, I had that when I was a child. We used to play with my cousins every now and then. Unfortunately, after a while, we couldn't play anymore because we lost a lot of the money. I think they stole it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So I know a, lot of, a lot of people that are considering going into entrepreneurship or starting their own businesses, they, they start off in these corporate jobs and they have these aspirations of entrepreneurship. But there's something holding them back, and typically it's, it's fear of the unknown. Did you have any fear in going into business for yourself? And if so, how'd you get past it? I really didn't. I think that my tolerance for risk is somewhat higher than the average person. So I really didn't have any fear. And I, I just oh, well. always one step in a new direction every day. Okay. 
Um, so tell me a bit about the, the business that you have now. What exactly do you do? What do you provide for your customers? Well, I do a lot of different things. I'm, I'm what you call a serial entrepreneur. I own a debt collection company, which is not exactly the most popular kind of company in the world. And I am also a customer service training. So right away, you don't think of collection agent and customer service training. So I have created a system that is called Words That Work. And Words That Work is all about how can you make people feel good about paying their debt. Because having a debt is a psychological burden, and it's a burden that gets in between the person and living the life of their dreams. So like before, when you asked me about what is something that would keep someone stuck about about starting a business, well, one of those things might be that if they owe money, they would not, they would be too afraid to start their own business because they would think that they owed too much money. And so I really wanted to solve all that, and I created this Words That Work system. And we saw it work really, really well in collections. In fact, it increased our revenue over 33% the first year we did it, which was in 2005. And now, 12 years later, I train in all kinds of industries, healthcare, IT. I even train other debt collection companies on how to use this method. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right when – people think about debt collection and they're probably not thinking about someone thinking about actually paying that debt because typically they have that debt because they don't have the money to pay it. But if you could come up with some way to make them feel good about paying their debt, I I certainly would be helpful. It sure is. So this words that work, it's a, it's a, it's a, a pro, you said it's a program. Is it, is it videos? Is it actually reading? Is it a book? Or what, how does it, what does it look like? Well, right now it's a training. So it's an in-person training that I train on as a seminar. And oh. um, we do have oh, okay. books that go along with it, but it's not a book that you can purchase in a store. Okay, in-person training. Are you the only person that does the training currently, or do you have people that work with you that do the training as well? I am the only person. We are talking about creating a certification program to train other people, but right now it is just me. Okay, and do you do it just here in the in the U.S. or is it an international thing? We do it in the U.S. Okay, cool. Any plans to expand to outside the U.S.? I'm guessing debt collection is a problem there too. No, my focus is really on certain industries within the United States and um, also in creating a program that's replicable. So, like, for example, can I make this a digital program that I could sell to other collection agencies and especially hospitals? Okay. Well, I mentioned in the intro your book, Conscious Communication. Where did you get the motivation to write it, and what do you hope people get from the book? Well, the motivation that came to write it is just that for many, many years, probably more than 10 years, I always had the desire to write a book because I just think it was something that was inside me that I couldn't um, not do. So it just took me that many years to finally move past that threshold and be to, to be able to make that dream come true. Okay, and what do you hope that people that read your book, what do you hope that they get out of it? What's it about, actually? What's that? 
What's your book about? The book is a personal development book, and it's all about how to harness the power of your words to change your mind, your choices, and your life. So there's a lot of information in the book about how you are building your life around you with the thoughts you have, the words you speak, and the actions you take every day because every choice you make is creating a connection or driving a disconnection from living the life that you want. Hmm. That sounds sounds pretty interesting. How long did it take you to, to write the book? Two and a half years. Oh, wow, that's a long time. <laughs> it, it is a long did time. You go, did you go down the self-publishing route, or did you find a publisher? No, I have my dream publisher, which is Hay House Publishing. So Hay House publishes Susie Ormond, Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra. They are the largest publisher in the world of self-development and spiritual books. Interesting. And the, the going down the path of finding a publisher, I'm sure – you know there are there are pros and cons to to doing that. What would be, in your opinion, the the benefits and uh, I guess disadvantages of using a publisher as opposed to publishing yourself? Well, the benefits for me certainly are that the Hay House name has opened a lot of doors for me, and also the editing the editing process and the book packaging pro- process of the book were were seamless. Um, They designed a beautiful book cover. The book is in stores all across the country at Barnes & Noble, and I just constantly get compliments on the book cover, the feel of the book, and um, the editing. I mean, they just, they really took my book and they made it the best version of it possible with their top-notch editors. Okay, so was that always your your plan when you even two and a half years ago started writing the book was to find a publisher? Yes, it was very specific that I wanted Hay House to publish the book because I, because Louise Hay, who is the founder of that company, um, she's the one who started the affirmation movement and back in like the 60s or 70s. And um, she is quite honestly my idol and my mentor. And so it was always Hay House for me. Okay. Well, great. Yeah, I actually went on an, an Amazon just to look at the reviews, and I saw, man, that's that's a lot of fives. So you're obviously you're writing something that is that's resonating with with the with the readership. Another question that I yeah, have: the, in, in, the reviews have been oh, amazing. Oh, the reviews have just come in amazing. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I saw that. So another issue I think that reluctant entrepreneurs have is. You know, you get comfortable when you have a corporate job. You get paid every two weeks. You have benefits. You know, you can you can pretty much ex- you can expect what's what's coming to you. But when you're working for yourself, it's not always like that. There are ebbs and flows. In the well, almost I guess 20 years that you've been working for yourself, I'm sure you've experienced these highs and lows of of, of being an entrepreneur, of being self-employed. How do you keep going through the lean times? So there's several things that have come up for me while you said that. One is that I think in the entrepreneurial world, there is this stigma or this belief that everybody has to be successful. And I think that the pressure on entrepreneurs to be successful or at least portray an image of success is much greater. In fact, I was just reading a research study um, a few months ago that was pinpointing this very thing that entrepreneurs don't feel the 
freedom to be vulnerable. So they're less likely to share when they have a problem because they don't want anyone to think that there's anything wrong with their business. And so that's just one thing to acknowledge that entrepreneurs have problems too. Um, The second thing I want to say about that is that a lot of people switch out of their corporate life to becoming an entrepreneur, and they, they think they're going to have all this freedom. But the truth is the only way to become successful as an entrepreneur is to give, give, give. You have to be willing to put in so much elbow grease into your business, and there's going to be times that you're not getting paid at all. And the way that I was able to live through this, especially through the darkest times, it, because when you know when things happen in the economy, it's going to affect your business. There's just no way around it. So I always lived within my means. I never went out and bought fancy cars or invested in having swimming pools or lavish things that I did not need. I'm not saying that I lived in a full-blown minimalist lifestyle, but I just lived within my means always, and I did not get myself into debt so that when the – harsher times came, especially when the economy was bad. I had businesses going around, going out of business around me right and left, and I not only did not go out of business, I did not lay one person off, and I was able to reduce my salary by 40% and still live within my means, even with that 40% salary cut. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's pretty sensible advice. I mean, if you're Starting off, you definitely want to you know keep track of all the you know your your dollars and cents. That's that's definitely true. It actually kind of leads to my next question. When it comes to entrepreneurship, especially cash is king. You know, when you're starting out, in your opinion, what's a priority? To, at least in your in your estimation, in your 20 years of entrepreneurship, what's a priority to spend money on? And what are some of the things that you thought if you or if you were able to skimp on? Wow, you're asking me to go in the Wayback Machine. <laughs> I didn't have any money. When I started my company, I had nothing. Um, I had literally whatever money I was making at a part-time job, and it was hundreds of dollars. And the biggest thing for me to invest in was documentation. So it wasn't something that cost me a lot of money, but something that paid me off hugely in the beginning was writing out work instructions for every task because I think that after a few years in, many entrepreneurs or small business owners that I know, they get into this habit of wanting to do every job themselves. And it's very important that you learn to empower your staff to do what you've hired them to do. You know, build a team and then train them and teach them how to do things, but have documented work instructions so that when someone leaves the company, you don't have to put as you don't have to start over with the next person. You know that's that's excellent advice. Actually, it's kind of funny you mentioned that. I read I, well, I wrote a blog post about kind of a similar subject, maybe like a week or so ago. In just it's important that when you're you're an entrepreneur, you obviously want to have you want to have control over the entire business, but it's really important to just like you said, empower others. To work on the work on the things that you're not really good at. Actually, I heard a I'm, I think it was a quote not too long ago is that what, what, what people should do is you know work to their strengths and surround themselves by their weaknesses. So, for instance, I'm not very good at filing taxes. There's, especially as an entrepreneur, there's a whole bunch of deductions that you're you're eligible for, and just 
tax laws and all, it, it's pretty complicated. So you hire an experienced CPA to take care of that. I mean, obviously you got to pay them money, but you're gonna get that money back hopefully in the in the refund that they're able to get you based on you know their knowledge of tax law. But yeah, I I, I definitely agree with you. You definitely need to surround yourself and empower your people that are around you to do their jobs. Next question. So you've been in business for you know, 20 years now. What has been your biggest accomplishment so far as an entrepreneur? Well, creating a, creating a proprietary system that is changing my industry has definitely been probably the number one accomplishment. But, it, you know, as a hard second, I, I'm not sure which one's first because publishing a book is huge for me. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but it, I, yeah, it would definitely would be difficult to pick between the two. They're both are pretty impressive. But also, so because you've been in business for such a long time, what has been your most important lessons learned in that time? The most important lesson that I've learned is has to do with leadership and just understanding that understanding what my why is and hiring people who believe what I believe. So I would say leadership for sure. Yeah, definitely. So for people that are listening in and they're contemplating going into business for themselves, what advice do you have for them? My advice is to really get very clear on what you want. What do you want your outcome to be? And then ask yourself, what are six things that need to be true in order to achieve that outcome? And make sure that you ask yourself the question, if this is what I desire, what am I willing to give to have this desire? Excellent. And since you've been in business for quite some time, I'm sure you've accomplished quite a bit. You know, looking forward to the future, what are your plans? Well, I'm writing a second book, and we are expanding our Words That Work training as well as growing our company in the year 2018. So just lots of book stuff, lots of um, building on social media because going from, you know, debt collectors are very behind-the-scenes people. Turning Going from that to a published author, which is a very out-in-front um, social media world, that would be my focus for the next year and two years. Excellent. Well, this has been a, a, an education. Thank you again, Mary, for calling in. How can people find you? People can find me all over the web. On I have a Facebook page, Mary Shores. I also have a Facebook group that I do free coaching in. It's called Fearless Ambition. So I definitely invite listeners to join that group. We also have the Fearless Ambition newsletter, which sends out weekly articles with a downloadable action sheet for each and every one of them. So for each for each article, you're going to get like a problem-solving article, but then it's going to be like the worksheet, three steps to do such and such that you can print out and fill out for yourself. And also my book is available, Conscious Communications, on Amazon.com. Excellent. Well, once again, thanks for calling in, Mary. Thanks for having me, Neil. Well, everybody, that marks the end of another episode of Neil Thompson Speaks. To learn more about me and Neil Thompson Speaks, please visit neilthompsonspeaks.com. I also invite you to check out Mary's book, Conscious Communications, on Amazon. 
Uh, again, you can reach me uh, also on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The links from the website in addition to a link to this podcast. Until next time, please take care.